I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Keila McNamara and Hunter Boss, and we have fights today. Oh, it's so exciting. Sean Strickland, Jack Hermanson. Before we get into it, though, let's get started with the news. Uh, we've talked about this fight a little bit briefly. However, it's been circling in the news, and John Jones has mentioned he hasn't mentioned anyone except for the championship fight that he wants, but he John Jones has officially tweeted, which Probably means nothing, but he has tweeted that he wants to fight Stipe Miocic. I love the fight personally. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this. Hunter, what do you think about this uh, tweet by John Jones on the fight itself? I love this fight. I mean, I think this would be a perfect interim title uh, like uh, fight right here because these are both respectively one of the best to ever do in MMA. It's the best heavyweight fighter of all time against the best light heavyweight fighter of all time. This could be a pay-per-view all in itself. Um, we can see how John Jones does that heavyweight, especially against one of the more nimble heavyweights. So uh, it's it's a great test for John Jones, and it's a great uh, fight to get back on the scene for Stipe Miocic. So uh, though this fight isn't really confirmed yet, we it is promising to see that John Jones is interested because we only saw in the past that John Jones is interested in the title. So if he's willing to, um, you know, alter his position and and fight for fight for the interim belt maybe against Stipe Miocic. I think all the fans would be okay with that. Yeah, this is a really interesting situation for really so many different reasons. Um, the dynamic that makes John Jones's point for once interesting is Francis Ngannou. And as we know, Ngannou is going for knee surgery and it's going to be out for around nine to ten months, I believe, most likely nine. And so that actually, for once, makes what John Jones is saying quite believable. You know, this this is a fight that actually could happen. I know uh, Stipe Miocic said in the past he would love to welcome John Jones to heavyweight. And like Hunter just said there, John Jones, for the first time, actually seems to want this fight that isn't for the title. So if this fight can be made, I'm very excited by the prospect of it. We do have statistically the greatest heavyweight of all time against the greatest light heavyweight of all time at heavyweight. We have John Jones, who right now I think is at around 270 because he wants to cut directly to 265, which I still don't understand, but that's not the point. You know, if it happens, I'm really excited for it. And if you want to make it for an interim title, I actually don't mind that much at all. You know, I'm a big Cyril Gann guy. Everybody knows that. But Cyril's had a couple of cracks now. He's had an interim title and he's just fought in Ganu and he has lost. So if you, if you keep Cyril on the sidelines for a little bit, I actually am not against that. It's a chance for two guys to get back in the mix. Well, one guy to get in the mix at heavyweights, and it would definitely be a pay-per-view all on its own. So if it actually happens, and if Jones stops holding heavyweight up, then hell yeah, sign me up for it. This is the fight I have been calling for since it got announced, right? Since John Jones was like, oh, I'm coming to heavyweight. I really, well, at the time, Steve was the champ, but... 
I never actually, even after he lost to Ngannou, I never thought John Jones should jump right to the title. I always thought, man, the stupid matchup is so great because you exactly what you said, the greatest heavyweight of all time, for sure, against the greatest light heavyweight of all time going at it. Stipe, I think, is seriously, I still think, probably the best well-rounded heavyweight out there. I don't know if he'll become champion again just because it's so tough at the top, but he is so well-rounded. His, his, his striking has improved a lot. His wrestling is always going to be there. And he's so, he's just, he's able to move great. I mean, Cyril Gane, no one can move like him at heavyweight, but Steve Miocic can move great for heavyweight. The biggest thing about this fight, right, is how will John Jones look at heavyweight? No one knows. And a fight where you cannot figure yourself out is a Steve Miocic fight or any fight really that John Jones wants to go into at heavyweight. With any of those guys, you can't like figure yourself out whenever you're going up there because one mistake and that's it. And Steve, honestly, I, in, in that, matchup I probably give him the wrestling advantage too it's just I I really wonder if uh John Jones is doing the right thing because Keelan the point that you brought up about him putting on all that weight and then trying to cut some of it it's just odd right it's it's almost like the opposite approach to Adesanya going up to 205 right where Adesanya was like well I'm just gonna put on this weight and just walk my natural weight right John Jones is like okay well I'm gonna put on a ridiculous amount of weight for his body type, right? Because his body type is made for light heavyweight. He's tall but skinny, right? Put it on a ton of weight and then cut that. I I don't know if that's gonna work. If I'm being honest with you, because I that the and you can't make anything off of training videos, of course. But look at past John Jones, how fast and his movement and everything. I just I don't know how that's gonna translate to heavyweight if he has that much weight on and in a real fight. I, there's so many factors into this, right? And this is the whole John Jones conversation that we've had a million times, right? Above all of it, it all comes down to this, right? Will the fight actually happen? And even though John Jones is tweeting this and both parties seem interested, right? Who knows if it's actually going to happen? Because it's been so long. And the fact that UFC hasn't and John Jones hasn't been able to get anything going in the first place before all of this, I honestly really don't know if this fight will happen. I hope it does because, first off, it's a long overdue, ridiculously long overdue. And second, we all, it's a topic we've been talking about for what, like two years now? Yeah, two whole years now. We've been talking about John Jones going up to heavyweight. It's time to make it actually happen. And if this fight doesn't happen, if this fight falls through, I just, I really don't know if we're going to see John Jones fight again. I mean, I, I don't think that's a ridiculous take at this point. If, if this fight falls through, because it's right there. You can literally book it right now. Stipe is in this weird limbo spot in this division where we really don't know what to do with him because there's new guys coming up. The winner of Derek Lewis tied to Ivasa, if Tai to Ivasa beats Derek Lewis, he very well could get the next title shot, which is crazy to think about, right? So it, this is the fight to make. I think you got to make it now. Who knows what's going on with Ngannou's contract situation? Dana White and him are probably not even talking right now. So I hope the fight happens. If I'm being honest, I really don't know. But... All right, guys, let's move on to the best of the best. And you know what? We're going old school for this one. We have a fan question. And this one is very fascinating. I mentioned him a little bit earlier to kind of transition into Derek Lewis, Tai Tuivasa, UFC 271, which is next week. Crazy. Um, how will Derek Lewis handle being in his hometown, fighting in his hometown in Houston again? Uh, Hunter, what do you think? I think he's got a point to prove. I think he's coming into this fight thinking, you know what? Last time I was in Houston, I didn't perform well, and I didn't give my audience a good fight. This time around, I'm going to have to give them a good fight no matter what. That's what If I were in the body of Derek Lewis, that's what I'd be thinking right now. 
And that's what I'm thinking Derek Lewis is thinking of currently. But that's not an easy task against Taito Vlasov. I mean, I know he fought Cyril Gaon last time when he was in Houston. For all those who didn't know, he got a little maybe, I don't want to say starstruck, but Cyril Gaon fights in such an awkward manner and yeah. such a great striking technique that it makes their his opponents hesitant to, hesitant, hesitant to throw. Sorry, guys. It's early <laughs> in the morning over here. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they're a little hesitant to throw. And um, Derek Lewis against Cyril Gaon didn't throw that many strikes, maybe like three or four off the top of my head, I, I think. You know, I, I didn't yeah. really see anything really land. Um, and this fight was like two, three rounds long. So it's not like it was just a one, one and done. No, we got to saw see 15 minutes of Derek Lewis waiting and going like this, you know. Uh, <laughs> he was waiting for that one punch knockout like he did against um, Curtis Blades, but never really came. Yeah, uh, It's Houston now. Uh, it's 2022. It's a new year. It's a new Derek Lewis. We're going to see him in the octagon soon against Taito Avaso, who's one of the the fastest up-and-coming stars at heavyweight division. And this fight's going to be absolutely bananas, guys. I, I, I am so excited for this. Jack, I'm sure you're really, really I, excited for this. <laughs> oh, my God, is it going to be good? But um, how is, he, how is uh, Derek Lewis going to fare in Houston? I think he's going to do good. I think that was a, that was a one-time thing of being starstruck, and he's got something to prove. I think as soon as he gets hit, it's like autopilot turns on, and he's ready to strike again. And so that's what I saw against Chris Dawkins, you know. He was, he was a little yeah. hesitant to throw at first, and then Chris hit him with a few shots. He's like, oh, you hit me? I'm going to hit you back. And then, you know, they're going back and forth. So I feel like that's going to happen with Ty as well. Yeah, um, this is um, this is a very unique situation for Derek Lewis. I think we can very much all agree on that. And I would sum my approach up the same way Hunter has. I really would. He has a point to prove. That's, that's the only real way you can sum it up. Now, there is an interesting addition or subtraction, I should say, from this narrative, and that the last time Derek Lewis was fighting in front of his home crowd, there was gold in front of him. And you have to wonder, was it the home crowd, was it the title, or was it both that completely threw Derek Lewis? Because we've talked about this a lot. Jack and Hunter have talked about this in much better depth than I have, about even in, in his walkout to that Cyril Gallon fight, his head was low and he, he was lost the second that he walked into that octagon. And that's just a fact. I think we will see a different Derek Lewis because there is no title on the line. I think that's become sort of a mental block for Derek Lewis, if I'm being honest. Um, it seems to me that Derek Lewis just loves going in there, having fun and just trading atomic bomb punches with his opponents but the second that things get serious i oh crap there's an actual title on the line that's when he seems to freeze and i think it was almost worse having a fight in houston for him than it probably would have been in paris fighting cyril gallon in front of his home crowd so i think we will see a better Derek lewis and i think we will see a better Derek lewis because we have to see a better Derek lewis like hunter said whether he wins this or whether he loses he has to fight better than he did the last time he was in Houston. And I do think that he will. You know, he's got the home crowd behind him, but he actually has less pressure this time because he's just going out and he's fighting another fan favorite of many, many people in tied to Ivasa. And again, another very good point that Hunter just made, which I will very much build on. Derek Lewis is one of those fighters who doesn't necessarily go out with a specific game plan to beat his opponents. It's as if he takes his first couple of shots and that's what snaps him into life. 
he takes that shot and he's like, right, okay, I've been hit. It's time to destroy whatever's in front of me. You know, we saw it even with Curtis Blades with a couple of takedown attempts and a couple of shots. That Chris Dawkins fight, there was that right hand that stung him. And then that's what brought him into life. And you'd best believe Tai Tuivasa is going to sting him at some point. So it's that question of whether Derek takes that shot and can get going before he gets to a knockout punch. That's what makes the fight so exciting. But to answer the actual question that we've been asked, thank you very much for it, by the way. Do I think we'll see a better Derek Lewis performance? Yes, we will. And we'll see a better Derek Lewis performance, A, because there's slightly less pressure, and B, because we simply have to. Yeah, look, I'm on the exact same page as you guys. Um, first off, this fight's going to be ridiculous. I'm so excited for it. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm, I, I, I don't have the word for how high I am for this fight. Um, here, okay, so I think you guys nailed it, right? I think Derek Lewis, I, I think what, we're, what the difference we'll see is that Derek Lewis in, in, the, in his last fight in Houston wouldn't get going. And I really think we might be seeing the polar opposite of that in this fight where he is actually going forward, which we don't see very much from Derek Lewis, if we're being honest. He kind of sits back and then throws. We might be seeing him going forward in this fight. I really think so because he's going to look to right his wrongs in his last fight in Houston, right? And so much of this, right? We could talk about the goal. We could talk about the home crowd. He fought Cyril Gaon. And Cyril Gaon is a guy who for that, what, that fight lasted three rounds. For two rounds up until the third was not in Derek Lewis' range at all. He was just chipping away at him, and and Derek Lewis wasn't able to get anything off, right? So, yeah, Derek Lewis wasn't throwing. Cyril Gaon wasn't in rage. The tie was on, on, on the line. I think it's a completely different scenario, right? He's not headlining. He's facing a guy who is going to do to Derek Lewis what Derek Lewis wants to do to him and tied to Ivasa who will stand in the middle and just throw, which is the ideal Derek Lewis fight. And also the ideal tied to Ivasa fight, which is why we have an amazing matchup on our hands. Um, and, and, and also like, yeah, you, you just get it. it I feel like this fight is what home crowds are made for. If I'm being honest in a fight where it's just so grueling and so brutal, and it's going to be just like someone's about to get knocked out. As opposed to like, it's just so much pressure on you if you're fighting for a title and, and against a guy who's so tough. Um, I, I really, you never know for sure. But I, I am I am about, I think, not 85% to 90% confident that Derek Lewis is going to be out there and he's going to use the home field, uh, home crowd advantage to, to, to an advantage for him uh, as opposed to the last time. Um, the only thing I will say, right, and this is just a little bit of a whatever, if he does get too hyped up or think about it too much, I really think Derek Lewis shouldn't think about it that much. But if he thinks about it too Great. much and then it's like, okay, last time I didn't throw anything. This time I'm going to go forward. Well, that's Tai Tuivasa. That's what he wants him to do, right? Because if Tai Tuivasa is going forward against Derek Lewis and runs into something, right, then that's night out for, for Tai Tuivasa unless he lands first. If Derek Lewis runs forward, Tai Tuivasa could land something, right? So that might be what he's secretly hoping for. Um, and, and, and we'll see what happens from Derek Lewis perspective, but this is a fight where really, I think, um, it's just whoever lands clean first could knock the other person out cold. It's just one of those fights. Um, but yeah, as far as that, I think Derek Lewis, if the real question here is, will Derek Lewis throw punches? And I think we all agree. Yeah. Derek Lewis is going to throw punches in, in, in this, um, in this fight in Houston. So good stuff, guys. Let's move on to the pick of the night and yes we finally have fights. It's consistent but we're about to get on a great schedule coming up look 
2021 left some amazing fights every single time we were like, oh, it's amazing. Well, we're back on that train, all right? Great fight night. Jack Hermanson, Sean Strickland, Hunter, what is your pick? My pick and my lock of the night are yes. both for the main event. Um, this is the year of Sean Strickland, and I, I do believe that right now. Uh, Sean Strickland is currently undefeated at middleweight. Um, he had a few losses at welterweight, but when he moved up to middleweight, I think he's something like 14 or 15 and up. Um, this guy's striking defense is the number one in the UFC middleweight division right now. Fantastic record to have. It's something like 76%. So almost three out of four punches that people throw at him won't land. And that's fantastic. I don't, I don't know if you guys know that, but the hardest thing in the fight is just not to get hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. Sean Strickland moving back at that good striking defense. And he also bloodies up his opponents. I mean, he doesn't have that really one punch knockout power, but he does have that volume. He strikes in the middleweight division and he ends up uh, either rounding out a, a unanimous decision at the end of the fight or um, finishing uh, in the, in the later rounds. So I also think Sean Strickland's um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is really good and has really slept on as well. Um, he competed in fury for a little bit. Uh, I mean, he lost recently, but that was because of his arrogance. So I'm not going to lie. If you guys didn't see the video, he basically just, he stood up and he's like, come take my back. Basically <laughs> and the, the opponent came and took his back and choked that. him out. And it was, it was stupid, but it was such a Sean Strickland move to do. So yeah. everyone was okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think he'll be doing anything really stupid in this UFC fight. So I'm giving it to Sean Strickland unanimous decision. You know why? Because what the boss says goes. Yeah. Um, again, I am actually behind Hunter on this because my lock of the night and my pick are both Sean Strickland's. And I get no Jack. Come on. It, it isn't being boring. It's not being unoriginal. It's just the truth. You know, Sean Strickland is just a pressure machine when he's in the octagon. No matter who he's fighting, he just comes forward and he absolutely tenderizes you. You know, that last fight against, I think his last fight was Uriah Hall, if I'm not wrong. And, you know, Uriah Hall is one of the most dangerous counter strikers. He's like the middleweight Edson Barbosa when he gets going. You know, whenever he was, he was bloodying him up really, really badly. I think he even had a couple of knockdowns, if I'm not forgetting anything. And Jack Hermanson is nowhere near as good a striker as Uriah Hall, in my opinion. And that's just perfect territory for Sean Strickland. His boxing is really, really good. And even if the fight does hit the deck, his jiu-jitsu is really, really good as well, like Hunter just said. But, you know, Sean Strickland's biggest asset is by far his cardio. His cardio outside of arguably Adesanya and Whitaker is the best out of anybody's at middleweight. And it's actually one of the big reasons why I think he'll beat Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson by no means fades the quickest out of anybody, but his gas tank isn't the best either. The problem with Sean Strickland is that you had best be prepared to go five very hard, brutal rounds with Sean because Sean will drag you to the depths and just exhaust you. Like Hunter said, he doesn't have knockout power. I certainly wouldn't say he does, but he does hit hard and he hits often. And that means a lot of backing up, which you can't afford to do. The problem with Sean is that he's hard to knock out and you've got to try and do that. So good luck doing that. I'm glad I'm not the one trying to do it. I think Sean Strickland gets a lockout unanimous decision. That is my opinion. And I think he beats up Jack Hermanson in the process. So my uh, pick of the night, Sean Strickland, UD. Yeah, look, um, I'm about to shock you guys. I'm about uh, to like draw well, a job. On. Another, another wrong answer? <laughs> no, I agree with you. 
I'm going with the same pick as Hunter for the what? first time in maybe like oh I mean, this might be the first time I've ever heard. Four weeks to realize that Hunter might know what he's talking about. Uh, no, no, it's just this fight in particular. It's just this fight in particular. It's just this fight in particular. But yes, um, I was, if I remember correctly, the last time I was the only person to pick Sean Strickland against Uriah Hall. Um, and it's for the same reason, right? He's just, his volume is ridiculous. He's crazy. I mean, you listen to the way he talks and everything. He's a personality, but he's insane. And he fights like it too. He, yeah, that, that actually the he fact that he, he, yeah, he really is. The, <laughs> if the fact, Trevor Phillips was a real person, he would be Sean Strickland. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, look, the, the, the stat that the Hunter brought up, right, where, where Sean Strickland doesn't get hit as much as he, uh, I, I thought he would get, I thought he got hit a lot more than that because that's the way his style looks and everything like that. But that's, that's a brilliant point. Um, Look, Sean Strickland, it's just, for me, it's just one word volume, right? He will not stop. His cardio is amazing. He will, like, just keep it going, put a ridiculous amount of punches on people. Um, Jack Hermanson is a phenomenal fighter, and I, I think we need to give him a lot of credit. However, he is a jiu-jitsu guy. He's a grappler. Sean Strickland, I think, will have the takedown defense and the cardio to impose his will on Jack Hermanson in this fight, which I think this is the safest bet on this entire card because, really, other than this fight on the card, a lot of it I'm flip-flocking back and forth on. Like, even the co-main event, right? Uh, the, the Maximov guy, who is the Diaz um, uh, person in the co-main event, um, he's the underdog for that fight. So, uh, originally, I was like, okay, I'm going to be different and pick this. But, like, really, I don't know if he's going to win that because he's fighting a very tough guy. This fight, I really think... Um, as sure as it can be, because these are two very high-level guys, right? When we're looking at it, these are two very high-level guys. That's why they're headlining a fight night. Um, but I just, I just think uh, I, I look back to one specific fight, and that's Vittori versus Jack Hermanson. And the way Vittori was able to just outpace and outstrike Jack Hermanson in that fight, I think Sean Strickland is going to be able to put triple the pace that Vittori was able to put on Jack Hermanson in that fight into this fight and throw even more punches. So for that reason, I'm going to go uh, a Sean Strickland TKO, maybe against the cage in about the fourth round, just because I think Jack Hermanson is going to be swarmed. It's even it's going to make him even more tired, have to back up the whole time because Sean Strickland is going to be keeping going forward. Um, if the fight goes to the ground, it's very interesting. However, I don't know if it will go there. And I think Sean Strickland's cardio, volume, and pace is what's going to win him this fight. I got Sean Strickland, TKO, round four. Um, unfortunately, this time, what the boss says really does go. We'll see. We'll see. It does, doesn't always go, but most of the time. This year so far, the year maybe Maybe this is what destroys it. If I pick the same pick, right, then maybe it's like Maybe. What... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what I do have to say, guys, yeah. this, the prelims on this card, as well as the undercard of the main event, are all fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. got to take a look. The reason why we're not picking any of these prelim fights is because both these, all, all the fights are really, really, really close. And a lot of them are going to end in knockout. So if you guys exactly. want to see some really good fights tonight, I suggest you tune into this to this card. Because, I mean, we have the middleweight uh, uh, ultimate fighter test coming up right here with Treshawn Gore and Brian Battle. Yep. We're supposed to fight not too long ago. Fight got canceled because Treshawn Gore couldn't make weight, but it seems to be back on it, and it's going to be a really exciting fight, guys. Treshawn yeah. Gore, fantastic knockout power, fantastic striking. Brian Battle, also fantastic striking, but also has some good wrestling behind it. So there's a lot of really different good fights on this card that you could pick out, and like we can give you a quick history behind it. But honestly, what you really need to know is if you want a good night of entertaining fights, tonight's your night. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the reason why... 
Strickland Hermanson is the easiest to pick is for the points that you guys both just mentioned. You know, pretty much every fight in this card, I was looking through the odds before we came on here. You know, the main two or three betting websites that people use, the odds have been flip-flopping all week. You know, but even the co-main event, they've gone one way and then the other, yeah. one way and then the other, which means a lot of these fights are just too close to call. And these are generally the best type of cards when you can't call any of the fights that are below the main event. So, I mean, I got to be honest, I'm with Jack in this. Um, this is the one night where I really, really do think that what the boss says actually will end up going in that direction. And just, you know, just to be on the winning team for once, I just, I have to get behind it. So I do think Sean Strickland will just brutally outpace Jack Manson and he will get another emphatic win. You know, it'll be a good podcast, the next podcast, because we're all collectively going to feel amazing, right? Because we're all going to get or, or terrible. Or terrible. <laughs> you know I don't, don't want to bring it up, but we're either we're winning together like <laughs> or we're all going down together. All right. It's either one or the or. Yeah. Um, and look, that Brian Battle fight, that's fascinating because oh. that is the unofficial final of the ultimate yeah. fighter, right? Because obviously Brian Battle won it, but. He, he won it against the guy that was filling in for him and not for this other guy. So it's, it is technically the unofficial uh, ultimate fighter finale, which is phenomenal. I'm very excited for that. Um, but yeah, great night of fights. Love it, guys. Great podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. As always, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify, uh, as well as check out our Instagram at MMA.Island and our, our website, mmaisland.net thank you again everyone so much for listening and great podcast guys thank you guys thanks everybody